Welcome to Speak Sex. I am your sex whisperer, Evie Redisi, and uh, I am welcoming you back to our speaking sex channel, which is our way into freedom. So if this podcast was a person, uh, he or she would say, I want you all to be free. So that's why we're doing it. That's the heart of the show. We want to liberate ourselves and each other, liberate people. And I feel the way to do that is through freeing up sex, the language of sex and separating sex from self and separating sex from money, survival, the difficulties of daily life and all of that. And just figuring it out for ourselves in a conscious way. Um, so... Welcome, ladies. I have my friends here, Kathy and Maya, and we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics for this podcast, which is how somehow we have all been trained to monetize sex, our sex lives, uh, the way that we pick our partners, the way that we get turned on, um, you know, the, the way that we approach our partners, respond to them, take care of them sexually, uh, you know, please them or not, uh, all of that uh, through these messages that patriarchy has passed to us for, I don't know, four or 5,000 years now. It's a long time. So, it, you know, it's pretty marked on our DNA, our language, our habits, our morality, our values, our understanding of right and wrong, you know, our sense of like being good, being ladies, being loving, being, you know, sweet, all of that as women, uh, but also for the men, as men, being a good man, being a man of your word, being a caretaker, you know, being a good provider, uh, you know, looking after what's yours, you know, that, that whole kind of like... Um, being the aggressor and the, you know, whatever, uh, hunter <laughs> who hunts for the family and that, all that, all that, somehow we still relive it and experience it, it every second uh, in, our, in our lives as women and as men romantically and sexually. So becoming aware of it and speaking it and taking a stand on it and trying to be conscious of it you know, with every breath is the only very slow way out of that way of existence. And it's the only way into uh, equality, gender equality for both genders, for men and women. So what brought us here today is a conversation that we had uh, before on our own about the prevalent phenomenon of uh, second families as well as sugar babies. And somehow, I don't have any scientific data on it. Maybe I should look for some, but it's very recent. So I doubt that we have legitimate studies. But somehow, I feel that it's connected to me too. I feel that because of, you know, the, the strength of the Me Too movement, which has given women the power to consent verbally, well, Western, you know, well-off women, right, uh, articulate, white women or, you know, young black women, women of color who are in the West. So because of that, there is something, there is a backlash. A little bit of the backlash is, you know, women, Christian women who are becoming even more conservative and voting for Trump and, you know, will do anything to kind of like, you know, uphold those ancient values that devalue them. Um, but I think a big part 
of the backlash comes from the men themselves who are looking for sexual pleasure and love and intimacy in exotic places that don't know anything about Me Too yet, where women don't think about their rights and they're not feminist and they don't Uncomplicated. Talk back. Yes. And where they can be like the, the guy, you know, the way they, the, the man in the patriarchy, right? Yeah. The savior, the take caretaker, the big guy. What's encoded. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the gross code that we have to undo. So um, that's what we're going to discuss right now. And I'm going to open it up to everyone because uh, my friends here have had some personal experience of this. I'm going to say for myself that I have met, um, you know, quite a few men who have chosen to either have a secret second family uh, down south. So they live in Miami and they have a wife and they have two children who are, you know, high school age, maybe college, and they travel for business, they travel for work. In Miami, it's very common to travel to South America because we're the gateway to South America um, or for South America to the West, right? So a lot of them go to South America because they work at like a huge uh, film company there or TV station or... Uh, they sell uh, cell phones, a big cell phone company or, you know, oil or whatever, stuff like that, big corporate entities. And they have a second family there. They meet a young girl. So that's my definition of the second family. And I think that's what we all know, that these men are always more or less middle-aged, let's say in their 40s at the youngest, but most often in their late 50s. Um, they're well off because they've had time to make some money. They have gotten to a place in life where they have a family, grown kids. Probably the sex with the wife is a little stale. It would cost them a lot in this feminist you know, moment to divorce in alimony, having to split all the assets up. So rather than like take, having a, a, you know, momentary secret adventures here, they have them there where they travel for work. And it starts with that. And then they meet someone who is very young and very needy financially. And they choose her to be their permanent mistress. And that becomes a second family when she accidentally or on purpose maybe has their child. Then they set her up with a house and they set her up with like a car. Her mom moves in most of the time. Some relatives get help they you know they spend like a monthly stipend um and then they spend an x amount of time visiting that family sometimes it's only the time when they're in that country for work and sometimes they take also their vacations there they have more than one children they have a number of children so it becomes and as they as they get older meaning in their 60s or 70s it's just kind of like that's how this is how they perceive it, like a haven or a refuge for them, that they have this dark family and they don't have to marry that woman. She doesn't expect, you know, she's like grateful for whatever she gets. She gets an iPhone, she's in heaven, she'll do whatever he wants sexually, but she also makes him feel like a big man, right? And um, he gets a lot for the investment, including uh, guaranteed sex, which isn't nothing, <laughs> you know, upon request. Um, but also like the love and whatever, you know, devotion of those children who, who he doesn't really owe the things that he owes his, you know, his Western children. 
So um, that's my understanding of like the second family phenomenon, which I have heard more and more and more in places like Brazil, uh, Philippines, you know, the, Thailand, uh, and, more, and others. Um, but uh, Peru, Colombia, um, and then a, a kind of like lesser extent of that is um, the 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 sugar by sugar baby phenomenon, which again, uh, you know, that's more Western based, but it's young women without means, you know, who come from poor families, um, and it's a little bit like the Jeffrey Epstein lifestyle. But Jeffrey Epstein, you know, had an addiction, so he had to have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these girls, and it became so uh, consuming that eventually caught up with him. But, you know, take your average millionaire or billionaire uh, who doesn't need that many. So you know, whatever town you happen to be in, you have like a sugar baby and you give her again the stipend and you pay for her bills, you pay for her college. And, you know, when you're in town, you sleep with her. She does whatever you want because she's so grateful. Um, and you take her out to dinner, you take her to a play, you take her on a trip if you're flying somewhere you know, on your plane or whatever, you want to go on a trip and you don't have a someone else to go with, you go with one of your uh, babies, whether it's one or more, and she calls you daddy, which is again a turn on because it's a term of respect. You know, it's a, it's a, it's exciting because it's transgressive. Um, and it's, it has become prevalent because the way that it's presented is from the place of feminine empowerment. That's what the patriarchy calls it. So, uh, you know, young girls, and the, and the trick here is that you have to be super young. We wouldn't need empowerment if everything was even. We wouldn't need, you know, right. feminine empowerment. It's First of all, it's not feminine empowerment, but I mean, those young girls would not be in that situation. Like, that's why it's bullshit. Right, but also, if they were not young, they would have put two and two together. Of course, right? of course. That's what right. I think, too. Like, when we're 19... They're young, of course. And guys want us, we do feel empowered. We're so happy. They didn't want us like, you know, two months before and now we have boobs and butts and they want us. And that's like how much they want us. Well, I think makes we us put, feel like we're powerful. We put way too much into how much they want us. <laughs> right, right. But when yeah. you see them like kind of begging, right, because they're older and mm. it does, like that's your first take. Yeah, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Unless you're raised by a feminist, that's how you see it. It's yes. empowering. It's a power trip. Yeah. It's yucky. And since <laughs> you don't desire him back because he's not also 17, right? It's all, the pleasure is all mental. Right. Right? For the power. For the power. Like someone who is well respected and you know, wealthy, a pillar of society, a man it's of the medieval. world. It's absolutely medieval. Right. It's like the guy in the castle who, you know, picks the young... Virgin. The, the young virgins, always. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the same you're, story, you're right different about, characters. You're right about that empowerment that you feel. I remember the first time that I walked past a building site and didn't get whistled at. <laughs> <laughs> and it was only when I didn't get whistled right. at... And I thought, what's wrong with this picture? And then I realized I'm walking past a building site and there's no noise. But you know what's nice now? With the Me Too movement, you know, you no longer have to visit that space. You can walk by a building site and if you don't get whistled at, you don't simply 
take it as a valuation of yourself. Right. Now you're going, okay, means nothing. You right. know what I mean? It absolutely means nothing. Yes. Well, hopefully yes. And hallelujah for that. Yeah. Now yeah. we finally understand that, hey, it's a relief. Like, yeah. We get to, not have to, to say, predat- like, yeah, not to have upon. to feel self conscious and not to have to go a little faster because you don't want to lead them on. Yeah. So yeah. that I'm yeah. so psyched about Even that. Even though it personally. is like, let's say, but mm, 35% flattering, right? When I'd they rather cut, not cut have cold, it. When they can't cold, right. Yeah. But then the other... It's mostly uh, gross. It's, it's mostly discomforting. Discomforting. Like no, there is a yeah, part... Sure. No, even before. Like even when it was flattering and we, you didn't know anything else, you still felt a little preyed upon. You do feel preyed upon. You still felt scared. Because mm-hmm. you they, knew that you were not supposed to make eye contact and yes, smile and wave. Good point. Yes. Right? And you also knew that if you don't make eye contact and wave, you might just as well incite them. Yeah. You're in right. a situation exactly. where there's nothing you can do. So I right. felt, I've always yes. felt powerless. Like, right. You yeah. knew that you were like just a you know, tiny space away from rape. Yeah. yeah. So yes, it was flattering that they noticed your body. But it was also like humiliating and, and embarrassing and objectifying. and Certainly not yes. equal. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and you knew you were not supposed to respond. Absolutely. Yeah. But also, be careful. Don't put your nose up in the air because you'll get your face Or broken. even that. Yeah. yeah. You just have to Absolutely. kind of keep a straight face. Not change the way you walk. You know. Just don't react. Go through. Pass. No reaction was yeah. always the best. Yeah. Pretend you didn't hear them. Mm. Try to like make... But, but the mm-hmm. gy- mental gymnastics you're forced to go through mm. just to walk down a street. Yeah. Like, I'm personally very glad that... With yeah, that now it's clear to us that we should not like it. We do not like it. It is abusive. And, you know, I mean, I used to, to kind of like tell people to shut up or leave me alone, but only if it was like one at a time, you know? <laughs> yes. Never if it's like a gaggle a of them. Absolutely. Yeah. If, it, yeah. if it's like a herd, you know, you just got to navigate your way out of it. Because yeah. all they have to do is just gather up around you and you're yeah. done. Yeah, absolutely. They would suffocate it all out. A herd. It's yeah. Like a clan or yeah, a... yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like the when you go through the uh, cauldron. I was going to say cauldron, but it's not. It's another word. But anyway, um, I feel that a, a big part of that, you know, what we, we call it now rape culture, mm-hmm. but we used to find it flattering. That's the right. weird twisted part of it, that we've had that encoded into our head, that that's acceptance. Right. That when we hear that, that's like Pavlov's dog and the bell. Right. We should be happy. You know right. what I mean? We should expect a reward or treat. That's, right, yeah. That's the sickness Because of it. What, what happened is that we became like, we were shrunk into being just our body. So, you know, at that moment when you walk through the office you're nobody's sister or the street or wherever you don't have a mind nobody wants to know your opinion or your thoughts or whatever right you're just this this little little mortal coil a shell (laughs) to give pleasure that's all you are and yet we felt so empowered and flattered when our little body that like we had very little to do with uh, you know was acknowledged or and desired by strangers you know what? and by the most uncouth, and it's probably uneducated, because we were so marginalized rough and ignored strangers. by them in the first place, right? When were women even taken notice of? You know, so it was like the fact that we got taken notice of at all. Because a lot of I still go places. I can. I, 
I remember just recently I was in a store in London and uh, the clerk would not speak to me. He was a Muslim man. He would not speak to me, point blank, just talked through me, you know, because I was female. And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. at some point, any attention probably felt like good attention when you cannot even get them to. Right. Well, that's a very Muslim characteristic. I mean, I feel like in the West, we have had the Madonna whore thing, you know, so yeah, like, yeah. If, yeah. if you're out in the street alone, you're a whore of some yes, kind. Yes, yes, And then you get noticed and catcalled and all that. Right. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. I, when I was living in Greece a long, long time ago, like 35 or 36 years ago, the warmest place in the winter would be to go to the local taverna and sit and have a, mm -hmm. a, a hot chocolate and then mm -hmm. I'd have a, a shot of mm -hmm. Cointreau in it. And I remember... All the guys thought that because I was in a taverna and I was alone. Yeah. <laughs> and it yes, and an, an unaccompanied woman. Yes. Alone. And a blonde. A, and oh. a blonde. And a foreigner. Wow. Everybody so, like gets to, you I know, go to bed with you. Yeah. I had absolutely the most awful... Um, Difficulty. The, be, well, no, people just had the most awful opinion of me. Mm. They judged Before you. I did, yeah, they judged me. I went there because it was warm and I hadn't even noticed that the only other woman in there was the wife of the of the owner of the owner and yeah. when I first lived there I didn't speak any Greek and I thought these old men were being very sweet and you know every so often one of them would like pay for the hot chocolate or and they they'd talk and they'd laugh a lot and I thought they were being really nice and then I learned the language and realized that actually they weren't being very nice at all <laughs> But I, yeah. 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 And that's what it is. It's like yeah. a woman alone, especially a woman alone who doesn't belong where yeah. she is, yeah. is there for only one thing. And that yeah. is to like seduce her men. And so the women resent her. Yeah, absolutely. And the men want to just, you know, jump her bones. And that's it. Very yes. basic stuff. And then you have that whole other thing where you walk into a place and I travel a lot and I'm, and I'm alone. So I'm always somewhere new and I'm always walking into places alone. And one of the things it took me a long time to work out is if the women come over and befriend you, it's because they don't think you're any competition at all. <laughs> so it's actually a uh -huh. tad of an insult. Uh -huh. Whereas the women who you probably want to get to know, who look away from you or try to steer their men away from you, because you're clearly single and you've just whopped it in with all this energy, they're, they're mm -hmm. like you said, they're intimidated by you. Mm -hmm. So you can't win, can you really? <laughs> Basically, everybody no. has, has an opinion. You can't just walk into a room. No. Two guys walk in behind you, they just walk in. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. One guy yeah. just walks in. And that's just, just like in. a very, yeah. very basic yeah. thing about it, yeah, how Patrick works yeah which is you're a woman you gotta belong to someone you can't belong to you what no right, yeah. right, right. like who you belong to like why are you here without whoever you belong to who has yeah. authorized this? right which is like your chattel you, you belong yeah. to some guy whose last name do you have the last yes it's well, like this brings where's your the... father or where's your husband yeah who are you with <laughs> i want to especially understand. i mean even even myself i'm sorry to to even, even when I go alone to the town where I grew up on the Greek island where I was born and I have the name of my grandmother, 
the first name of my grandmother, the last name of my grandfather, who was very, they were both very well known there, right? Both my parents are from there. It doesn't matter. I go unaccompanied. It's like, why are you here alone? Even they now. don't think that I'm looking for sex because they know me because I'm there every summer, every year. They know I don't sleep with anyone when I'm there, which is why, by the way. Absolutely. Like anywhere else I might have sex, but I'm not going to have <laughs> sex on that fucking island because like, Absolutely. forget it. <laughs> right, like not in the that irony, town. The irony, the yeah. irony. Yeah. My town? Maybe I just, don't sleep in my maybe town. Maybe just not around. your town. You don't want to... Oh boy! No, no, no! I don't mess. You know, this is Miami. Like you know, I'm so far away from where I belong that I can you know do whatever. But once I'm there, it is a very small island. I do not. Yes, it's a small island and it's a small town. As everybody, that's how where all of us come from. A small place. Yeah, every place there is small. Yeah. Um, and even like, well, even if it's a neighborhood in New York, it's where you come from. It's your neighborhood. It's yes. small. Yes. It's just so many other places have changed and some places don't. They don't change at the same rate. I think the neighborhood never changes. Like you'll walk in there and they know you and they'll judge, you know, like, what are you sleeping with? Why are you here alone? Who do you have with you? Oh, see, I think some neighborhoods are really transient. Like Miami, for instance, is so transient that... To go back to a neighborhood here, I wouldn't expect it to be the same as if I go back to a neighborhood in Cumberland, Rhode Island. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't know. I mean, I haven't been in, in a neighborhood. Like my, but my daughter, like her group, because right. she grew up here her whole life, right? That group talks about each other in gossip way all the time. You know, and they know each other's business. But will they in 20 <laughs> years? Will they in 20 years? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Point. They're now 20. I don't know right. what they'll so do will when they, they're 40. That's what I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But like they are here. Like they're not leaving. All right. But the thing I'm <laughs> yeah. interested in is... Yeah, let's, let's talk. Let's go back. So you were saying to close that, Maya, that yeah, being a woman alone is very different from being a man alone abroad or out in the world. Yeah. So these men can go and meet girls... You as a woman going to like pick up boys in Thailand, for example. Uh, I want to hear about your Thai experience because you heard me on the phone giving out to someone about the human trafficking going on in Thailand. And I really wanted to stop And you wanted to, right. And I really felt strongly. I want to hear how I'm I'm open to hearing how you can turn my mind around as to... Well, let's hear your mind first, Kathy. Well, it's my understanding... That there are these so-called working girls, which I already take offense to because it's also my understanding that these girls have been sold by their families to bar owners and that the way it works is you go into the bar and this is how I was told and you, you can see a girl sitting at the bar that you want to talk to. You pay the bar owner a certain amount of money and you're allowed to take her away for an hour or for two hours. And that's the exchange. And she's a working girl and she's providing money for her family. The way I see it is she's been sold into that position. The last, how is it, how is she working for herself when you're giving the money to the bar owner? And how was that her dream to grow up and and be put in that position? Where is the empowerment there? Well, that's pretty much what I thought. I I used to run a yacht club in um, Phuket Island in Thailand. And when I first arrived, I arrived with all my social conditioning, peer group pressure, life experiences and expectations. So when I saw these beautiful little Thai girls with these larger Western guys who are usually older, quite often 
the girl is walking behind. Quite often she's carrying the shopping bags and he isn't. And something didn't feel right about that. And interestingly, I felt disgust for him, but I also felt disgust for her. And that upset me a bit. I couldn't stop that emotion, but I was looking at them thinking, really? You know? So What after, other choice do they have? What Do they have a better choice? Well, I've just arrived. I have no right. idea about anything. I that's what I saw. Right, but you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's our first response to that visual. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mine then, too. Yeah, mine then too. You, Disgust. You, yeah. Then you go somewhere to a, to a, a bar and... Nobody notices you. None of the Western men are looking at us. They're all looking at the young, pretty Thai girls. So you become invisible, which isn't something you notice until you go somewhere else. So I'd, I lived in Thailand, and interestingly, my first when I first left Thailand, I came here to Miami Beach. I was going for an interview with a company on Alton Road, and I landed here after living in Thailand. And my first evening, I found myself at a, a bar that's open on the beach. Uh -huh. So there I was, and guys were just hitting on me left, right, and center. Well, now I understand that Miami's quite open and people will approach you. Yeah. But I hadn't realized how invisible I'd become until I wasn't invisible anymore. So while I was living in Thailand, you've got all that going on. And I'm looking at all these other people, judging them for whatever reasons. After a while of living there and getting to hang out with some of the Katoys, which is another whole interesting phenomenon. And the Katoys are the ladyboys. But you're not, you're not answering yeah, how a girl being sold by her family to a bar. It's okay. It's okay. I like okay, the katoi. So sorry. So I like the katoi thing. I, I like the katoi thing too. So I the katoi are like, are like so I got trans, trans boys, trans yes. Thai lady boys. Lady men. Lady men. Lady boys. Is the, lady boys. Is so they're boys, but they present as girls. Uh, yes. Yeah. And a lot of the foreign tourists don't realize that the person that they're My chatting up. And he actually cried. And really, and but they have their pennies. They don't transition. They just yeah. like no, they cross-dressing. Let's say no, or, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. No, they have their penis, but it's been turned inside out, so it's now become a little cavity. Oh, who does that for them? Who turns it that way? Well, all I can say, uh -huh. because we're being very honest, and yeah. it's about sex, yeah. is that when I first saw one, I thought, shit, tell me who your surgeon is because that's the neatest, tidiest one I've ever seen. And if I could have mine look like that, I'd pay. It was amazing. Well, it's obviously so, a male's idea of what a beautiful vagina should look like. But, you know what I mean? But who does obviously it for them? a male them? surgeon made it. Um, it's, done, it's done, well, most of the surgeons that I know of were in Bangkok. Oh. So they start with um, taking hormones. Okay. And they take the, okay. take the female hormones and then after a while... And the interesting and thing... And how old are they when these begins? Oh, that depends on how much money they have. And they don't, all have, they don't all have that surgery. The surgery they right. aim for it, but some are in various stages of transition, transition. while they're out there working. Right. That's right. how they're making the money, right. Yeah, right. usually. Yeah. So they, they also... have some surprises. Um, usually you can tell a man because they have the Adam's apple. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, there's an interesting little operation and you have a tiny little scar here behind your ear and they can remove that. They shave it, I thought. So, Mm -mm. So well, yeah, but they'll they'll go in and yeah, they shave and, it. And, okay, and they can't but, yeah. it. okay. So, but, <laughs> so now 
in the beginning, I would go to work and I was running a yacht club, which obviously had a bar. So I'd go to work and I would see the girls sitting in the, in the bar and I'd think, oh, lots of girls drink in that bar. And they're all very young and cute and smiling. And then when I left... By young, back, how old would you say? Um, well, to me, they looked like between 18 and 25. So they looked 18, like they didn't look 14? Yeah, because our idea of the Thai, you know, the Thai girl is very young. I mean, it may, they may present younger than they look. No, they may present as 18, but, they but look are they young. 18? Yeah, they look to me, in, you know, when I you know see... I know in the bars they both. have to present yeah, as 18, got, but I don't yeah. think the girls are well, no, in fact 18. Yeah, you've got both. Okay. But, yeah. the, but, but the ones that I, that I had to walk past to get to the bar, and then in the evening when I walked home, there'd only be two left at the bar. And I think, oh, I wonder where the others went. So if, uh, after a while, I worked out that, ah, oh, that they, they they're... They're working, but what are they actually doing? And then I'd notice that the old ladies would walk past the bar and smile at the girls as if the girls were just having coffee and a chat. Well, I couldn't really understand that because that could be their granddaughter right. or their daughter, and they've just walked past them and they're sitting there in a very tight, very tiny dress with a lot of makeup. Obviously, waiting for with some sex for offer. Mm -hmm. And here's your grandmother or somebody their age. And like you said about the island that you live on, they know you. They, and they've known you since you were three. So there, there's this old lady and they're not judging. They're just saying hello and you're maybe saying they hello should back. Be judging. Maybe they no, should. Right. They're not judging because no, it's but in this their... is But this is, it's a bit of a slow ex. Okay, explanation. It's a very but that, explanation. Yeah, but there's a reason for that, <laughs> Kathy, because you won't take off the jacket of your Western conditioning and what you're thinking to step into where they are coming from. And and this is and this was the same for me. I lived there for a while before I started to. It's only to, because you're not telling me think. where they're coming from. Yeah, so, fair enough. So what happens <laughs> when we take off the jacket? Yes, I'm very willing so to take again? off the jacket. Yeah. Oh, right. So <laughs> I ended up, because of the two toys that I'd met, having conversations with them about what is it about. And there are so many things in, in Asia, and Thailand is part of that, that are so different to here, that it's very difficult for us to come in with our concepts and our peer group pressure and social conditioning and understand where they're coming from. So to me, it looked like sex trade, prostitution mm -hmm. well the old lady who I got chatting to eventually who used to walk past every morning she used to smile at those girls and I'm not saying that this is this is not a judgment this is just how it how they they think about it on the ground where they are so she used to smile at those girls because it would be really lovely for her family if one of her fam family were in that bar because the money and the freedoms and the choices that would be brought for the rest of the family by the money that they were going to get would be huge. So then I thought, well, but, but what, what about if they want to then get married? But now they've had this, this year or two years or whatever they've done. Well, the family of the guy who wants to marry her will be really happy because she's going to be smarter 
because she's probably been overseas. Will he have to buy her contract? Will he have to buy her? Well, you, the Thai guy, no. But it means that they're not going to... Uh, or It's seen, or my experience was that it's seen that a guy who marries a girl who has this past, that family will have will be comfortably off because of the money that she's brought into the family. So as their elders... So she's a commodity through her sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She is... And that's the, her fate, and you're saying, like, we just have to accept that as their culture. No, I'm not saying anything like that. What I'm saying is that how we view it and how they view it is very, very different. I don't mm-hmm. see... I don't mm. see it as being different. It's still a trade. It's still a trade on her sexuality. How is that any different? Well, I mean, if she if she does have, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know the particulars. But if she's able to have like a healthy relationship with the local guy, she marries and loves. I don't know if she does. I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm just that happens guessing. a lot. But for the for the girls who I met who who were at the bar, and I started going there every evening and just hanging out because mm-hmm. this to me, I mean, yeah, were they happy? Were the girls. Happy? I have I have my own sort of like gang rape when I was young, and it put me off off men, and I was afraid, and I, so I was of sort course. of kind of forced yeah. into yeah. feminism. Yeah. So when I was confronted with this in Thailand, it was I had all kinds of really strange emotions actually and I really wanted to shake them all and say you are so much better than this you don't need to be doing this you right, could be. yeah but then you look around you and it's like what else is there for them right, to what do? else can they do actually well after a while and after learning all the other things that I was doing that I th- didn't realize were really insulting like even as I'm sitting now I'm pointing one of my feet at you well if I was in Thailand and this table wasn't here that would be like me doing, giving you the bird. Yeah, yeah. Well, every well, culture I, has all that. Stuff. Right. Yeah. So, so there were so many other things that that right. that, right. that I yeah. really right. thought. Well, so why would that not be the same with sex? Right. Why would sex not be seen completely differently? Right. But it's not. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share this. You know, like uh, uh, it's not an answer, but I feel that. We all have different customs. We have different yeah. things that we mean with our words, with our body language. We have different pasts. We have different understandings of history, of the divine. All of that's totally different. Yeah. And so I completely respect the fact that you were saying, I don't want to go in there as a colonial you know, asshole and say my way is better and you're wrong. and I'm going to help you. Yes. Um, it's it, you know it's admirable that you're saying show me what you understand and and what your culture is because I come not understanding it, um, but I do think that for all of humanity, no matter what our cultural differences, um, there is the disparity of the man having the money and using the money to get the girl's Absolutely. body, yeah. and when they don't have the money. They take it by violence, you know. They rape it, or or yeah. when they win in war, they rape or mass rapes, right? Yeah. So, um, how how do we get past that? Um, I mean, I think that one way is to just have prostitution as like a legal profession with health coverage, with unions, with rights, you know, with constant checkups with a way to like go to call the police yeah, when I someone think legalize is not right. It. That's how you empower right. so women. So give these women the choice to the do choice it. The choice 
But don't confuse them and say you're empowered for being. No, you know, it's not about right. power. It's not about morality. Right. If this is your only ability to make money, then you you're know, doing what you have fine. to do. Yeah. And, and, and you have that, yeah. And yeah. it's, and I, you know, I totally respect that. I, I respect yeah. that much more than like the stripper who says, I'm so empowered. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and in fact, like you throw her another hundred and she gives you a blowjob. So she doesn't like tell herself or own up to herself what exactly she's engaging in. Yeah. But the words will not save us. You know, as you said, with like your rape, you know, and you know, we've all been assaulted, raped, harassed yeah, yeah. amongst us. And I think most women have, you know, that there is a scar, you know. Yeah. The scar tissue develops. It yeah. may take you years to figure it out. Yeah. Um, so I, I think if, if, if it was just that simple and guys would say, okay, this is a brother today. Honey, I'm going to go. And, you know, I just need to like go. I have a need. Yeah, I have a need. I'm going to go see a prostitute. Okay, be safe. Wear a condom, whatever you would say. And there Come is no, home. without all the damn judging, you know, and like sinful and honorable and, you know, whore and, you know, Madonna and mother and slut, all that, all that shaming, that would be better. Well, but yeah, there's a difference you... between hiring a prostitute, right? Yeah. Um, knowingly that these are prostitutes and we're going for like sex tourism and we're hiring prostitutes for the night and then we're leaving and getting back on our cruise ship or our yacht and that's it. That's our fun. Right. That's one way, which in a way is like, you know, age old, as old as we know, as old as history has been written for us. Right. But but then there is this way that we're talking about where they're not whores. You know, you go for like sex tourism, but you're not looking for whores. You're looking like Epstein for young girls to seduce. You're looking for like the sugar babies where it's not being a whore. I'm just taking you out to dinner and I'm buying you things and you're keeping me company. Uh, or you have the families, you know. It's a where power play. You like make them your family and it's all like really nice and legit and you no longer call it by its proper name and you fuck up everything in everybody's heads, you know, right. especially the Which women's is why heads. podcasts like this are so important because it's not, it's a big plate of spaghetti. Mm -hmm. It really is. You can't see the beginning and the end. And what's the beginning and the end here isn't the beginning and there. And what's for you is different to for you and for me. So it's a really complex mm -hmm. subject. So yeah you, yeah, you need to have these conversations. It's very complicated. Over coffee, you need to have right. these conversations all yeah. the time, yeah. as you were yeah. saying. Yeah. I still think of it and go, yuck. It is, yuck. well, like, I think it can go, I don't think I of think prostitution go yuck, yuck. I think because, of prostitution yes. as good, like if you choose it. Yes. But I think of these young girls that are sold and this is what i was told by somebody who's currently there in thailand this is how it works i'm the sure family sells too. the daughter to the bar the bar owns her and then they pay off the they pay the yeah. bartender and you can take the daughter you can take the person oh. away for an hour and do whatever you want well like, what that, the hell? No, that, it's hard to know so, because well, you know like for example with the asian massages here right they're very common here they're massage yeah. parlors with asian girls yes. and you always get a happy, happy ending. ending right and you tip them like a hundred bucks it's and a release everyone loves it like when i say everyone i'm going to say like 70 percent of like the white heteronormative men locally who can afford it sure. will do it once a month or something. Um, well, it's, it's a clear. question. Like, no one really knows if they want to do it or if they're forced to do it. 
I have never got a straight answer. I don't think they'll tell you the truth. Right. Like if you're the police, they are for sure trafficked. Um, because it's illegal. Like so long as we right. keep it illegal. That's why we need to legalize it. They're not it. even going to own up whether or not this is the only job they could make this much money Right, at. and they're happy doing it. Right, and why can't they fucking get green cards if it's legal? They can. But now they're illegal, illegally here. Right. And they can be preyed upon. Can get arrested and deported. So they all tell you that they're trafficking. If it's really empowering, them yeah. legalize yeah. it. If it's really empowering yeah. women, yeah. make it legal. Yeah. Right. So who knows if they have been forced or sold, if they can get well, out I, I, or if, not. If that is actually how it happens. If you are actually sold to a bar by your family, that kind of sucks. You know. Oh like, my God. Oh, well, all of it from our perspective sucks. No, but that definitely but, sucks. Like, and, and I would hope that... Nobody wants to be sold. That's unless just slavery. you have a special gift. <laughs> you know, like some women, women are really good at it. You know, they are really good at having sex with lots of people. Sure. But unless you have a special gift, some people it would be, be nice slaves. to like change jobs at some point in your career, you know, and... and move and grow and see yeah. something else and know something else. Right, yeah. And do something, use another... You know, your hands. I take offense <laughs> to being sold. Oh my I take God, yeah. To that. If, if th- that, of course that, yeah. So, so what's yucky in one sense is that the white guy who is like us, but a guy who by definition of his skin and his birth is entitled, right? Right. He is definitely, has been luckier in his birth. We'll go there and we'll fuck that girl not being sure if she has been trafficked Yes, or not. he's not sure. He cannot know any more than we know whether no. or not she's kidnapped, And he forced. doesn't care. He still goes and partakes yeah. in it. How yeah. does he get that fucking hard on? I don't know. That's yeah. like, because they make them believe that they wanted. And there's That's a, the story. Yeah, well, he yeah. He has to forget everything else he knows. The, yeah. guys are very good right, at that. In that yeah. room. You know, they what, are. you know yeah. what brain's thinking then. Like, that's the only brain. That is the top yeah. brain for them. And then there's the <laughs> then there's the cases where that there was two really lovely Australians and I was watching them with these girls and I was thinking oh you're going to get so burnt. So these two Australian guys had fallen in love with the Thai girls that they'd met. Yeah. And of course the Thai girls are happy with the Australian guy but only and they were single these two Australian guys let's just be clear on that that you know they 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 were working out there and they'd met these Thai girls. You're in Thailand, you're going to meet Thai girls. And they'd both fallen in love with these two Thai chicks. And as soon as they went back to Australia for a holiday, the two Thai chicks were with other guys, French guys. And I remember saying to them, but, you know, if Adam finds out, he's going to be devastated. Yeah, but Adam's not here. And you don't think Adam was screwing around? I'm not so certain. Well, no, but that does, that's no, not no. even the issue, is it? No, he wasn't. He was absolutely... He was and absolutely. that's the thing, you know, also, like, cultures, it's like quicksand. I mean, yeah. see how difficult it is to even understand ourselves. Yeah, yeah and then the cultural differences. <laughs> and then understand and we've got each other. Here, yeah, actually. Right, we are three cultures. Yeah. But, I mean, you know... How difficult it is to even approximate yeah. our truth, of the new, our yeah, own new truth, England. and then absolutely. our best friend's truth, right? Yes, absolutely. And and respect the fact that it, yeah. it may be changing just as we're saying it. Yes, absolutely. And then to actually like leap culturally 
go to another continent where yeah. there is nothing. We don't even have like the Greco-Roman Judeo-Christian background. There is yeah. nothing as a starting point of communication. And then use your values absolutely. of like romance or yes, whatever. Absolutely. And absolutely. think that you are, I mean, the assumption. Uh, helping or, yeah. The yeah. assumption there. I do you, get that. It's quicksand. I do get you that. You cannot ever know what. what but we. We're pretty aware that right? we But I still get a visceral yuck reaction. Me like, too. Even though I Me know too. all of that in my Me head. Too. I, still I get a visceral yuck reaction too, so for I don't sure. Know what, for the guys. For I... the guys, not the girls. I do not have any understanding. You know, well, I, I, don't I can presume to understand the I girls. Would not, I just know personally I would right. not like to be sold. Oh my and God, I yeah. I would not like yeah. to be sold at that age. Yeah, I that's... Mean, right. But, and, and I would not like to, to, to be with like... But that's exactly, one guy, a different guy at night right, by, by itself. What you just said, and then the first thing that you responded with was, "Well, I know that I would not like." Yeah, to I just right, know it from exactly. myself, so I'm basing my reaction on myself. But exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, that's an important thing to remember right, because right. W- whatever we know about sex and whatever we now I know that I don't know because right, I don't know what this word means. The bottoms and, and the slaves and the right, lifestyle. Right. I, I have no idea what those words mean, but. It's extremely, it's a personal experience like any right. other, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, and it's, and it's just the same as, what, what do you think? What's so you're, gre- so you think I'm judging it? Like, am I judging that? No, I, no, I she thinks that you're, you're seeing it from a Western yes. point of view and that the Western, you know, understanding doesn't apply. That it's kind of like beyond our. You don't think that's just like capacity. a human point of view? I th- I feel like I'm just seeing it from a human point of view. I'm Who wants do. to be sold? But that's exactly right. But that's exactly how I felt when I got there. And and mm-hmm. as we're friends, you you know me quite well yeah. as a person. And you don't think so, that that's just a human? Well, yeah, th- I do. That it's universal, do, but, don't you think? Some right, things are I'm universal. Now saying, yes. Yes, I, do, I do. I do yeah. think I do that too, some things and I think are universal. That this is one of them, equality. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, in men and women. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but like it, forget oh no, equality. We're not equal. selling the men. There is no, no yeah, equality no, is like a very far fetched well, dream. Where, where we're talking about uh, we're talking about even even some modicum of like self respect. There is not even self it's not it's not a sexist thing. There is not even it's not even about self respect right it's not a sexist thing that's important to understand it's not sexist by the way i'm gonna stop for a second our, our you know our conversation and and i have a question what do they do so amazingly sexually yeah, <laughs> what are their sexual tricks um well if legendary. Th- there's a there's Let, a really yeah. there's a really cool movie called priscilla queen of the desert yeah oh. we've seen that yeah yeah right it's okay. true yeah okay it's true and you'll find that and apparently the girls were saying that you need to start using the muscle right. when you're really very young right. or it doesn't develop. And that didn't make much sense to me. But I remember my mother, who's a linguist, making my brother and I do these strange noises when we were ah, kids. Ah, you see. And she said that if you want to speak other languages when you're older, some of the languages will involve a certain movement that if you haven't practiced and with the, and develop these muscles when you're really young, you won't be able to do them. So their so, mothers teach them a couple of these basic yes, techniques. Yes, or their fathers. Well, yes, and there, I mean, there are different there are different things in in different cultures. Like in in the Cape coloured culture in in South Africa, um, it's quite sexy for the woman to have these two teeth removed and wear false ones so that she can take them out for fellatio, which is an, of course. 
another whole whole thing that you can so that it, it's not something that you're taught but you know you're going to look sexier to if you can do this or if you can do that so these little girls will start picking up things and doing things, you know, just like a, a so guy will play with his penis. Canal. I just want to mention. <laughs> no. So, so a from a young age, no. like they put things in their vagina or they they they, they exercise those muscles, yes, the vaginal muscles. Exactly that. They exercise those muscles. Mm -hmm. So you'll actually have a have a have a girl who will be able to grip a pencil and write her name. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. Oh that yeah, is impressive. Especially when you know we're not really sure where those so. Basically, yeah. there's that. But the other thing that I've heard when I first went to... Have you ever seen that? Did you ever see someone write her name with her vagina? Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, she said it was her name. She, she could have written right. anything. Right, right, right. But you saw her write it. You saw, <laughs> so saw her write Bring it. some yeah. humor into it. But yeah. the, uh, but the China other, art. But the China other thing art. that was quite strange, which I didn't, which I didn't really... <laughs> I can't... <laughs> Come on. Group vagina art. Come on, women. <laughs> Where's your sense of empowerment? <laughs> Ooh, oh, that could be our yeah. <laughs> How to write your name with your vagina? <laughs> one oh one. Well, you were saying something else. Um, I, so I, I went into a pharmacy to buy some condoms with the the boyfriend that I had at the time, and we found some hanging up and we took them to the counter and, and the pharmacist said, um, who are they for? And I looked at him and said, well, they're not for me. They're they for thought him. you were a lady boy? No. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> well, no. you're tall, you know. But so, well, those are, these are for Asians. And I was like, excuse me? Oh. No, well, if you're a Westerner, you're not going to, those won't work. Why? So he, well. So that really is true? So we bought, yes. So we bought those. And we bought the ones for the Westerners. Just and then to we see took the them back and blew them up. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Like, I would have like, wanted to say, yeah. oh, I love this So what were, what were the Asian condoms? Very, very impressively tiny. <gasps> so, oh, God. But then when I was living in the Maldives, I remember seeing one of the managers who I was working with. Everybody was skinny dipping. And not me, by the way. I never do. Um, and, I, and I was sitting there and I, I looked and I thought it was, he didn't have a penis. But I don't, did a double take. So, of course, he noticed that. And, and I, I couldn't stop it because there was, he's a guy and there's no penis. And he said, uh, so you're used to a bit more in the West. And I said, what, a bit more? I'm used to something. Where's yours? So he puts his finger down and pulls out this little thing, which was... Like a pinky. It was. It, it wasn't just the length that was incredibly, incredibly short. It was the girth as well. Right. And I looked at that thing and I remember thinking, unless you're going to stick that in my ear, <laughs> I don't think it's going to do terribly much. Yeah. And then when I saw these, so these condoms, they, they're like those little long balloons that you buy to make the sausage dog's legs if you're making yeah, yeah, balloon yeah. animals. So they really are much smaller. Okay. So for the for the Thai women... Right, I was just going to say that's what that, that makes sense. A, the Thai women must have smaller, shorter, tighter yes. pussies by yes. birth yes. because they're smaller. Yes. Uh, so even if they didn't do their exercises, there yes. would be a nice tighter fit. Yes. And... Then on top of it, they have to work out their muscles so those little Asian Thai penises right will like fit well and, and impregnate them. Like, so the exercises probably traditionally were developed 
for the smaller Thai penis to, to, you know, to enjoy the sex with a Thai vagina and make Thai babies. And then here come the, colon, the, colon, the colonists who are much bigger. And in a sense, it's, you know, they force themselves into the smaller Thai vagina and they like it. And that's worth makes a lot of money. Makes them feel more manly, right? Yeah, that makes them feel bigger and more engorged and more virile. And it's worth a lot of money. And then the Thais realize that they get something going here in this and cultural they do exercises exchange. So they don't split right, up to their own. In this cultural <laughs> exchange <laughs> that... Yes, exactly. A cultural exchange. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it does come from colonizing. Because if we left them alone to do their thing, whatever it was, none of all of this... Com- confusion that we're trying to make sense of would be happening. So what's the white man doing there, right? I mean, what's he doing there with his dollars? I don't know. That's what's yucky to me. You know, it's not what the Thai girls are doing or the Thai boys are doing or the Thai girl boys are doing. It's like, why are these men making, you know, 10 extra bucks and going all the way out there to stick their penises in vaginas that have nothing to, that were not made for them. Right, right. I guess that's why the novelty, right? Novelty will always... No, fuck the novelty. No, but that's exactly what it is. what Maya said. Yeah, you know, the, the small and they make them feel like virile. And that's, make them so that's feel, our yuck? That's why yeah, we feel yuck? that's my yuck. Yeah, well, that would be my, my yuck. yuck. That is my yeah. yuck too. That is my yuck. Yeah, and then by default you have that whole kind of like exot- exotification of the other, you know, which is also yucky. You know, whether the other is like dark skin or black skin or Asian skin, it doesn't matter. You know, you, you exotify it by doing that, you re- deny her humanity, you know, or his, if it's the boy, humanity in the process because yeah. it just becomes like, oh, I got myself a Thai girl, I got myself a Thai boy. Yeah, That's it, you know. And even when you fall in love with them, you're still falling in love with that, you know, ideal. fetishized An ideal. idea. Of, of who it is. I it's very hard. I couldn't if not you've see lived, it like that. If you've lived yeah. there, like like you, let's say you live there like 20 years, yes, then you can have a fully blown relationship. Yes, yeah, but you yeah. speak the language. And of, you know the person. Right, you know the person, but also you understand how they think. You let go of some of your old identity and take on a Thai identity. Right. But without that, like the tourism, I'm sorry, you know. It's colonial tourism is what it is. Right. And, and even when you see the, the relationships that, are, that look like loving relationships, it's still really, really hard to take them seriously or respect mm-hmm. them. Or mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, no. Because there's like a visual disharmony. Like there's yeah. a young Thai girl who yeah. should be with a young Thai boy and is not. So like... You know something is not quite right. You know what? So is it an age thing or is it a cultural thing? I think it's both. Because once you hit a certain age, like nobody cares who you're with, like regardless of culture. To to a certain extent, like once you're in your 30s, like it's, but it's gross like when you're in your teens and you're with a, someone in their 60s. You know what I mean? Well, if you're in your 30s and the guy's in his 80s, it's the same thing. And it happens. Is that everywhere? (laughs) Are you not being racist? No, I don't think How is it's that racist. racist? <laughs> I want to hear. I want to hear. I, I, I actually wasn't wasn't saying that to the last sentence, oh, right. but I, okay. I was thinking about there. 
the, the guy Adam that I was telling you about, who was totally in love with this, yeah. with this Thai chick, and then the other guy, the two of them, and they were just, they loved these women, and they just, everything about them was just so lovely, and they were just a really happy... Maybe the women loved them too. They did. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Right. But it was really difficult for me to... Oh, yeah, take, that they still loved them, but... To that... take them seriously. And, mm -hmm. and then you, you have the thought that whenever you see two people walking down the street and there's one tall, you know, yeah. Western guy and then the little Thai chick, you just brand, brand, judge, judge, judge. Yeah. But then when you were saying, but yes, that Thai girl should be with the, the Thai guy. And yes. Then, yes. Uh, aren't we getting In racist? In Thailand, I don't think so. I don't think it's racism. I mean, if... It's not the same if they're in America and Why? she was her family brought her to America. She was young or she came to America. She was young and she's become Americanized and she went to American college. Oh. Then like we are already like this melting pot and we're used to seeing all of this. Right. And it's cool. I mean, right. actually, it's cooler than, you know, often. But if you're in a place that's extremely homogenized still. Right. And then you have like the one, you know, tall white guy. It, there the is a yak, yeah, there is a yak element because of the colonial history for me. I guess because it's the colonial white history. people the colonial go history. and they take over people and they take over women and they make them theirs. And it doesn't matter if they're American Indian women or if they're women in Africa or if they're women in India or, you know, there, there is it's just been a, their, it's been a their vast history. tradition. Yes. The white women don't go do that. Yes, that's the. So that's why that doesn't bother know. me. Well, I just want to say that while I was in Thailand looking at all these beautiful women, I was thinking, "Shit, damn it! Where are all the gorgeous guys? I don't need a small penis." Well, thank you. Exactly, <laughs> party sausage. But also, <laughs> the guys are the same height as the chicks. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's social conditioning on my part, but when you've got a, a very slight framed, tiny little guy who's this tall there's nothing about that that i find particularly appealing and for some reason their faces aren't particularly attractive but even if it was but women because, still don't have but it's because we don't have that same fetish right it's not like we women don't need to feel that we're the strong ones in the sexual union we don't need point. to feel like yeah, yeah right yeah, so that's a phallic point. yeah it's like the the the, the right of the phallus yeah, it's, you it's know, a good point. Right. It's, it's, so the, the phallus has to feel like he is in charge. He is the dominant one, the strong right. one. Mm. We don't have that at all. Traditionally, we're supposed to be the weaker sex. Eek. No, we're the receiving or sex. We're the, not the weaker. Or Well, but, you know, that's yeah. what we were told. Oh, the weaker sex or the fairer sex. They're the transmitter, or, oh, we're the yeah. receiver. That's but, how that works. You know, yeah. I'm attracted to feminine men. I mean, I really am. Me too. Yeah. And androgynous. Yeah. Yeah, and Long yeah. right because it speaks I, to I'm a balance, to like doesn't it? Masculine mm. women and and feminine men. I mean, I just you know uh, there are exceptions, but but that's like my basic type. When unless I have like a mental thing that happens, right? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. But if you're watching somebody walk past, right? But if it's the long hair, yeah, pure, look, yeah, look, right. If it's right. pure aesthetics and who you'd like yeah. to be with, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, but but. Traditionally, uh, so I, I do find Asian men attractive, but traditionally we're told that we're going to have a protector as women. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if that's the Thai culture. So maybe they don't have that at all in their culture, you know, because this bullshit is definitely our Judeo Christian heritage. Yeah. And yeah, don't maybe have they that. don't have it. 
Yeah. Maybe they, they don't need the men to be like, uh, you know, the I'd really like to, to, to speak to like uh, those Thai girls. I'd really right. like to have, you know, because I'm right. sure I could be very enlightened by them, but I'd, I'd like to. Yeah. They it's still not just have Thailand. clearer roles, you know, like we used to, like you were, you were just saying. That, but they, no, have, they still Thailand. have those those clearer roles. So the the this is what the men do and this is what the women do. And they kind of. Because of, is, their, it, yeah. is it weighted so that the men are doing less than the women? Well, like, <laughs> so that I the think, women are doing yes, the worst job? Sure. You know, oh, that's all I want to know. That's worldwide. Well, right. I think part of it is that we get pregnant. Yeah, that's the extra work. Well, that's yeah. why they want to keep us pregnant too. That's like, yeah, that's all. But that's stuff. exactly it. So as soon as, you, as soon as you now are pregnant or have a child, that's where you're going to be and yeah, what you're going to be doing. True. Yeah, you get off the market. <laughs> yeah, right. You're take, yeah, it's true. But you now can't work either. Right, that's, that's what so, I mean, yeah. And now you're at the beck and call of, you know, and only able to spend... The children. Your, yeah, yeah the, the children and, and the housekeeping with whatever yeah. small amount of money you've got, yeah. you know, coming in, yeah. which yeah. in Asia is yes. obviously going to be a lot smaller than here. So yeah. The, and, and I heard a really good thing in, in the UK recently which was if you want to sort the world out all you need to do is educate every woman on the planet yeah true 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 because then yeah. once we can yeah. work out whether we have kids or not then the whole yeah. thing will by the way out. we have listeners in india isn't that amazing yeah that's oh wow i know do you know I which know. areas no that's i mean i guess i could look at the spe more specific analytics but i'm like in awe of wow. some of the places yeah china it'd india be nice to have contributions yeah from there. no I've never heard the word but um, so it's not just Thailand, you know. I mean, yeah. you, yes. Kathy knows well, of, of, a, of a man who is seventy now. And he's he turning hits, seventy, right? And, and he just had a baby in the Fiji Islands the with a much one. younger woman. You know this person too. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we won't say his name. No. No, sure. um, no names. <laughs> and I think what he said to me was, "She's really immature, but that's because of her age." And I said, "Well, yes, you know, like." Um, I, I mean, the interesting thing that I'm finding about that situation, though, is that he is really enamored with the child, and he's just not enamored with her. Right. Yeah. Uh, and she's she's not enamored with him. And why would she be? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's certainly I willing mean, he to accept like her. A seventy-year-old. Right. Talk. I'm but sorry. she's not enamored with him, and and there's strife, and there's other things there. But of course, she's not enamored with him. Like the age difference alone. Yes, yes exactly. And, and so for him did she to have be... the child so that she would have a, oh, a kid settled? Yes, yeah. she had the child so that she right. totally trapped him. But from, from she told him that, that she was she couldn't conceive. she couldn't have children and he didn't need to wear a condom. And stupid, who already has one baby, you know, like right believed it. But you know that's because that brain. She has baby. a baby. She had already a child. And she already had a what, child. Is what. Kathy's saying, yeah. but even so, he believed that he could not, she could no longer have children. She, she gave it. him some story about how she had them removed, like at her birth or something. She he couldn't have me. babies. She tried right. to have babies. She's been trying. And so, and and so, you know, he didn't wear a condom, and he, he, I'm sure, didn't think that at like 69 he could. He had that, that many strong swimmers, but they do, and yeah. <laughs> and now he's going to support her and the baby for the rest of their lives. You know, so she said, and her other previous and baby. her family though he's supporting he her had, previous he, baby they lived and in a her. Hut. Right, yeah. he moved them all out. Her parents, because her parents are younger than she than he is. Sure, her parents are younger. Oh yeah, definitely. So he moved the parents, and because somebody needed to look after the 
I mean, she's the baby, and she she wasn't really. I mean, ready to be like a full time. It's a very mom. interesting, like weird. Yeah, it's it's again partly like the mix of values that don't understand each other and have nothing in common, right? And then also, you know, this second family thing that seems to be well, yeah, because now yeah. he's he has no intention, like which is good and rightly so. They wouldn't make each other happy. He can support the child without being with her, you know, but. Right. Right, but he'll see the child every so often, and oh, he he'll probably the by child. default see her. Right, exactly. That's how. Right, it goes. But, and he'll probably always sleep with her any chance he could get. Do you right. know what I mean? Because she's young, and because she's, she's young, yeah, yeah, and she'll probably sleep with him no matter how if much she needs him. Stuff. If she needs more money or something, yeah, yeah, if she needs a perk or a car or so, something, yeah. So it kind of like really poisons. It makes it makes our understanding of desire toxic. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah it absolutely. poisons our standards. We yeah. get lost in this morass. Yes, and we no longer know the truth for ourselves. Yes. Well, because they both deserve love from people that could be with, and a child deserves to be lo- right. brought up in a loving environment right. and a loving union, not as a transactional union. Right. That's a rough start. Yeah. Is all I have I mean, to say. You know, it's not ideal. I, I don't think, you know, I, I, world, I, ideal, I can speak for myself that, you know, I'm not exempting this. I'm sure that I have many times conflated all this stuff. And I would definitely not like pick up a stone and stone anybody over anything, you know. So, but it's, if there is anyone here who should take a second look, it's these guys who go so far yeah, out of their culture yeah. in order to recreate a family of the type that used to exist in the previous century, like in the yes, 1950s, yes, yes. <laughs> but no longer in the, exists right, in the right. West, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and, and I think that's what they're chasing, and they keep going to further and further places. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to run out of places. And, but... and finding, you know, poorer and poorer women just to kind of like get that, in, in, in equity, in inequality back, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, because in, in that in, inequality, they feel empowered, which speaks to what you said. If if sex was just all out in the open, they'd be freer too. Yeah, they'd from be that much pressure. freer. If they you know what I mean? Feel it's that a they pressure. Have, oh, yeah. It's a, a huge part of this yeah. is they can no longer divorce their wives without losing half of what they've made. Mm, yeah. That's a huge part of it. Um, in the West, they have right? history. They yeah. don't. They don't and, want to be judged socially. And those, and those who have divorced have been burned by how much it cost them. That they yeah. like don't want to marry again in the West and go through it again. So they yeah. go out there far, looking for, you know, different lifestyles, different options. So a huge part for the men. Uh, if we take aside like what we call the yak factor, which is like <laughs> the high, you know, the the, the ego trip. Yeah. The power trip of like being the big macher, the big guy in a little tiny pond there, you know, with someone who had zero options. If you take that out of the equation, then it's all a financial thing because they could not afford that in the West. I think that you might be missing one thing, though. There's a possibility that because men are so much simpler, if I can be rude enough to say that, in that they want this, 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 they need that, 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 they're they're done. Whereas for women, we're very complex and we we need all these Uh different things. Well, when when these guys meet these Asian women who are so different to us, maybe because of their cultural history, but basically they don't have, they don't need all the 
they're really low maintenance, basically. Well, is you what know, I'm saying, I do know one times. couple. Um, I yeah, do know for an sure. Older man couple with a young Thai, the, just what you spoke of, who, from what I could see, were like a, a rock solid, happy couple, and really seemed to be each other's partners. And he had brought her to California. Oh, okay, yeah, that's that changes already. Yeah, yeah. he had brought, and they and. I felt like, I mean, I did not believe them for a moment that their love was real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it I feel really like worked. when they bring the woman here and expose her to America, Wait, when she's not hidden, American maybe. TV, American voice, when you know, American values. And then especially if they decide to marry her in America, yeah, within the legal her. system of America, then the game, then it's... Totally different. But she was so different and had so many different values and didn't have the hang-ups that we had and it was refreshing yeah. and it did make them work. You know, and she was yeah. also but that, much that's, younger. Yeah. But, the, so, but he that's, treated that's, her like a goddess. Right. That's, that's, the, that's the male right. bride thing, which, you know, yeah, used she was to be a male very, bride. Right. It was, it was very prevalent and, until about 10 years ago. She was a male bride, right? but it seemed and, like they were really And again, it was guys who were either emotionally limited and didn't want to do the whole psychoanalytic explaining of how I feel and how you feel and yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, you know, guys who were very shy, you know, who right. were very awkward, socially awkward, um, and you know, yeah, did not have point. the language skills yeah. needed in America, but some with someone who didn't speak any English and who would like learn it lim- in a limited way here. here, right? And who was indebted to them. That goes without saying, because right, you took them out right. of like a bad situation and made her whatever you want to call it. They used to call it the lady. <laughs> Let's say you made her an American. You know, you sure. gave her, you gave her access to privilege, right? You gave her choices. Um, so that works. That I can, you know, that's why that works that for exchange. them. That exchange, I guess, it's more. And more I feel like exchange. when the Soviet Union was broken up, first it was, you know, a lot from the Philippines and a lot of, you know, yes, brides yes, came yes, from yes. the Philippines. Now there's a lot of. Right, and then when the Soviet the Union broke thing. up, and and um, the beginning, you know, when and then the wall came down, a lot of those uh, Soviet satellites that had not become their own countries even yet, you know, a lot of those women who are very beautiful when they're young, um, and appear at least to be placid, uh, you know, they're not really as as they you know get into a relationship. <laughs> yeah. they're a little more Western than the Asian ones, but they will start off being like, you know, really like obedient. <laughs> um, they became very popular. Yeah. So, you know, people would like go and marry right. brides. I haven't witnessed or, that type of union. Oh, know? I've witnessed. Well, yeah. I don't know them yeah. as couples, but I knew many guys who went and married someone, right. whether they went or maybe they sent for her based on photos, but most of them went. Um, you know, I met like, in between people, lawyers, matchmakers, you know. Mm. Same way that, like, women went and adopted babies from right. all of those countries. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. they could afford to take care of them. Because, in the end. because they, 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 they were they... more open to adoption. Like, there were more children. And, you know, at, the, at that beginning of that shift, everything was open. You know, then Is after... Is there a market, like, where... How, what's the sugar baby, like, the sugar boy market, like, I'm wondering? And do women sugar, have male-order well, husbands? The sugar baby new? market, which is, like, brand... You know, is, it's much more... It's brand new in a sense of... It's very much a result of, like, social media and apps. So it's, a, it's like, a side branch of all the dating apps and what whatever. What about male-order male husbands? It exists, you know, it, it, it was born online. Have you ever heard of that? Or have you ever met anyone who has a male-order husband? I just, <laughs> like, 
I have not, no. But the the <sighs> the sugar baby the sugar baby phenomenon, which is much more American, and it's about like the sugar, most sugar babies are American women or at least Western women, young, very yeah, young, yeah. who are not wealthy, you know, who are yeah, uh, who need help and they're underprivileged. beautiful, usually stunning. They are they don't have to be stunning. Just they're young. young. Usually yeah. they just have to they're be young, very right? young. Yeah. And they present is even more youthful, you know, like gaga eyed and wowed, easily wowed, right? Yeah. And um, they need a, a daddy figure. I mean, it's it's literally like the daddy figure. Well, yeah. The sugar is the money, so the daddy has to have some money, becomes a sugar daddy. Um, but you know, for a long time, it was considered like there. Are, there were millions of them. Like every sugar baby site online would have millions of members. Wow! Um, it was a yeah. It was like it spread like wildfire. You know, just like Tinder. It just like because it's everywhere. an uncomplicated transaction for both. Yeah, but both. especially the guys, of course. You know, especially the guys. the guys and the girls didn't understand what they were actually <coughs> selling. If you're too young, you don't know what you're actually right. you're worth. If you don't know right. your worth and if you've right. never been had that cultivated, which you haven't at that age and we certainly right. haven't as women, that's that's the inequality there. Like, right. And that's where we began, you know, that we yeah. don't know anything beyond it feels good to be desired to the extent that people are spending money on me and grown people who I should respect, my elders, mm. right? And that I, being 18 or 17 or 19, can barely make like 10 bucks an hour. Right. So my elders are spending thousands of, on me. Taking me to great restaurants. Right, and that yeah. makes me feel so And they, want, they seem to really want to be with me. Right. And, right. and value my company. Right. And it starts with like just the dates yeah. and then the promises of like, I'll pay your rent, I'll pay your tuition. And then of course, once those bigger numbers come in, you, you have, you sleep with them. And often the girls don't even think about it in the beginning. You know, in the beginning, in the beginning they, don't. they don't really think about it. But you know, there is like an old cock. There's like white pubic hair in front of you and you're 18. At some point you wake up to the reality of what's happening, you well, know. And at some point you get it's an 18-year-old cock. And right. that's when it becomes very and, but clear But it's also what's very happening. hard. You, do, you realize that you're not turned on by this guy. No. That you, the only thing that turns you on is the money. Yes. Nothing else. So, and you know, how, how toxic is that? Because... Before you know it, you're going to move away from this lifestyle, but you're going to still equate sex and money, and you're going to look for the wealthiest suitor, and you're always going to look for the guy with the most money to be your partner and ignore all the other qualities that matter much more in life. And then, you know, who are you going to be? Who are you going to be in this life? Like, how are you ever going to get your self-respect? You know, your only hope is that eventually you will, like, divorce the last rich guy that <laughs> you were with and get, you know, an alimony or his money and start taking like new age classes and start understanding things <laughs> yeah, yeah. when you're in your fifties or yeah. when, you know, when he's looking, when he's married someone younger or yeah. got a sugar baby or two <laughs> who are much younger. But I mean, the thing with the sugar baby phenomenon is like there were huge conventions uh, you paid people, you took lessons from older or retired sugar babies. Wow. You know, they showed you, they trained you how to write your profile so you'd get the, you know, the richest men. Um, it, you paid dues, you know, like monthly fees to, to get these uh, emails on how to like, 
look, how to speak, what to wear, you know, in order to please like the rich older guy. So it became like a huge industry industry, overnight. I don't know if it's still going as strong as it was like four years ago or five years ago. I'm hoping that, you know, Me Too has affected that a little bit and put a break on it to it. I am hoping that, right? Um, Because it, it just, you know, went like wildfire before these young women had an opportunity to kind of understand and think and hear words that describe what they're doing. Right, because we haven't had a platform for it yet. We haven't had the talk. Right, so it was just like empowering. Okay, cool, easy, money, easy money. It's good if it's really their choice. And then the other thing that's happened is that, you know, gradually, um, you remember Ashley Madison, like the leaks? So that was the first time that a lot of that stuff came out in the open. It was like a, a big dating app that was actually linking, you know, sugar daddies to sugar babies, but, you know, married men to younger mistresses. So that came out in the news and that was like a first way for the culture to start understanding it. Yeah. But but now the police departments in many urban centers are treating it as prostitution and they're seeing those girls as like working girls and they don't think they're working girls and they feel like they're mistreated. But it's starting to, you know, ring a bell and they start, I think, to wonder. So some of them will just turn completely transactional and everything they will do is transactional. You want to see me? You want to talk to me? You want to have coffee with me? Mm. Pay me, pay me, pay me, pay me. And that's who they've become. And some of them will just put an end to it and come out of it because, you know, because of whatever it is, whether it's yeah. Me Too or like the Jeffrey Epstein scandal. I mean, I think that's huge for that movement. Because yeah. Yeah. all of a sudden you realize that he was abusing these girls. But when it happened, those girls didn't realize they were being abused. Course, yeah. He was giving yeah. them hundreds of dollars and Prada bags and Prada shoes to like, you know, play with his little winner. I mean, give him sexual massages. Like 90% of them didn't have to fuck the guy. He would either like take a dildo and fiddle with their, you know, parts a little bit, or they had to, you know, uh, masturbate him like, have a happy ending or something basically like that. That was his thing. His thing was not so much, you know, the penetration of the young female body. He did that rarely because he was aware of like, you know, rape and statutory rape. (laughs) But it was breaking them. You know, a girl who's never been with anyone who's super innocent and you managed to take that over with your wealth. And that made him feel like, he had made it. He was somebody in life. So knowing that, you know, reading about this so predatory. when you're young yeah, totally. and understanding that those girls were abused and now they get to sue him yeah. because they took the hundred or five hundred or thousand dollars or the tuition or whatever it is he gave them, not knowing the difference, you know, that being out in the open is helpful. Yeah, I think for so For young too. women. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So that's why we're talking about it. <laughs> we're spreading the word. So I feel like this is a good place to close our conversation for yes. today. So if you ladies are ready. I feel like I've learned a lot. Oh, yeah. It's always really like heart opening, eye opening mm. to talk about this stuff. More heart opening than anything. I always feel like I'm so close minded after these talks. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? I do. Okay. I, do. I, I love you. And until we uh, meet again next week. Speak sex, speak sex, speak sex. Yes, speak sex, speak sex.
So we're excited to announce our partnership with oldplayground.net. It's the site to go to if you're in any way curious about what to do next in your sex life. If I could make love incessantly, I would be God. 